Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's Super Six podcast with Laurie Woods and Bio Akinfema. We're back together, Bio. Yo, LW, it feels like an age since we've been together. The question is now, real talk, because I know you had Ali McCoy and that, um, and you work with him on your radio show and Dan, and all of a sudden, what are you trying to do? Push me out and that, huh? No, I didn't even know that you weren't going to be here last week. And I was like, brilliant, I wonder how Bio is. And they were like, oh, he's not here. And I was like, oh, my God. And I always, obviously, I prefer it when you're here because otherwise I have to do 50% more work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I ain't going to lie. That's yeah. what I had to do the last time he wasn't here. I was like, oh, oh it's too know. much. It's too much. Yeah. And your mind can't wander because otherwise they finish talking. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> I know, we got our relationship. We've got what we've got. We've got, we've got. Right. How you been, though? How you been? I've been all right. Yeah, yeah, standard, really. I can't believe there's, like, what, like eight weeks left to go? Yeah, four weeks. Yeah, four weeks in our season. Four weeks yeah, in championship. Yeah. Wow. Four and how weeks. are you? You got your first assist? Yeah, I did. Championship um, assist. Championship assist. The goal pending. Yeah, it was cool. Um, to be fair, we're in a good, we're in a good, listen, we said it was, we knew it was always going to be tough, um, but back to back wins, it was a good Easter period for us. Um, so no matter what, we'll go down swinging, innit? So I came on, rather away. That old acting film with Flick on, DW went in, you know, David Whelan slotted it nice. So, no, it was nice. It was nice. So, nice to get my first assist and that. You know what I'm saying? I bet, I bet. We've got a great guest this week. Really, I'm looking forward to this one. Adam Lalana is coming on. I know that you love him being a Liverpool fan as well. Yeah, man. Can you remember the first time you met him? There's two moments that stand out. One, I'm... I say it stands out because I actually can't, I'm not even 100% sure the Sounds first like one actually was. Yeah, I know, 100% if the first one was actually, he was there, but I'm sure he was. Played against him, like, he's a, he's a problem. He's, so when I remember when Liverpool signed him, I was like, yeah, because I remember playing against him in League One, he was a problem, he was a problem. So I'm looking forward to this. Excellent. Okay, right, let's go and meet him. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. Give a warm welcome. This week's guest is Adam Lalana. Hello, Adam. You all right? Hey, you okay? Good afternoon. Yo, what's going on, broski? You good? Big man, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm always gassed when I see like a former Liverpool great <laughs> Premier League winner. Come on now. How you doing? How you keeping up, brother? Uh, yeah, good. And you, did you train today? Yeah, yeah. Just got back in from training and that, keeping up with the young pups. I ran the channel a couple times today, so I'm, <laughs> I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> this is going to be a Liverpool loving this week, isn't it? Yeah, no. Always. Gonna, always. It's always. It's always. This is my guy. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell a quick story. Do you remember when you and Endo was at the hotel for England and it was the night before the AFC Wimbledon playoff final? And yeah. you boys took a picture with us, man. Yeah, I like, see yeah, they took yeah. the time out, took yeah, a picture, gave us that little talk, and it was like, listen, take it. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy <laughs> the game and take it. And we went out there and we took the game and we won it. And I still got the picture somewhere. So shout out for that. Love, 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 love. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Right, okay. Let, let's see. I knew this is going to happen. Adam, this is going to happen quite regularly through the piece, but it's fine. We can let it happen. Um, how are things with you at the moment and, and how is life at Brighton? Do you know what? Really good. I'm absolutely loving it down there. I've, I've settled in. Probably took me, you know, six, seven months to settle. Um, but now I know the boys. You know, you know what it's like when you join a new club. It takes a little bit of time. And I suppose looking back at my history, that, that happened at Southampton and at Liverpool with Probably took me five, six months at Liverpool first season to settle. And um, yeah, absolutely loving loving life, loving training, loving where I'm living. 
the football we're playing, just everything about it really. The, the move's been been perfect. Does it take a little bit longer when you're when you're moving clubs when what's happened as you've moved is is the world is like completely in lockdown. So does it is it I suppose you're still seeing each other every day and that side doesn't change, but just the, everything else around it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, you know, when you when you join a new club you wanna kind of see the boys outside the football as well so you can let your guard down a little bit and and find out different things about your teammates out of the pressures of the life as a footballer and that hasn't happened you know sometimes you go for some food or go and have a drink but but that hasn't happened but um it's it's still you know taking time to settle even coming from Liverpool coming from a a big club you know coming coming to Brighton I I didn't know anyone in the dressing room um you know played with no one before so it was still a little bit daunting and I'm you know I'm not embarrassed to admit that um you know it gives I, I suppose a kind of look at foreigners that come over to the country that can't even speak the language and they're coming to new clubs and you know you, you've got big admiration for them and respect for them because that's a completely different ball game um but no totally settled now and absolutely loving it All right, so you. paint that picture so it's the same because of course we're in the same boat in the sense where we've got new players that's come into our team and you know, we keep telling them about, oh, yeah, you know what, the banter, the togetherness, which, of course, you can see, but you kind of get that off the pitch as well. So explain to the people how difficult, because I was saying this, I was like, we ain't been able to have development days. We haven't been able to go out to yeah. eat, you know. Yeah. We ain't been able to go out to, we didn't have a Christmas do, which is massive. For footballers, mm. it's massive. So you're moving from that bond you had and the togetherness that you had with, one club and then how hard did you find that because some of the players have said the same thing in our club you know yeah they can see and they saw the togetherness but we haven't been able to not saying gel because you still play with each other and you're still vibing but that whole togetherness that you kind of just get how hard has it been you know what I'm saying and just explain for people that don't understand that you know you know the the, the togetherness the, the team building it's not kind of it's not created overnight um the Liverpool the Liverpool kind of camaraderie, the, the strength we had there was built over three, four years and and the and the lads that kind of were there from the beginning would welcome the new lads, would make them feel comfortable and it's like it's just a it's like a process and, and I see similar things kind of happening at Brighton. Okay, maybe not to a a bigger scale, but I feel we're kind of on a journey and that journey has so many processes and it might not be, it might be a couple of years before we kind of get to where we want to get to. But I kind of see it already at the minute. I see, you know, foreign lads coming from different countries, you know, they're learning the language, they're adapting to the culture, they want to get involved, it's you know, adapting to different styles of play. And it's, it's difficult when you can't take them out of the environment where the pressure is so they can relax have a drink play a bit of golf Mm. just loads of different things where there aren't the pressures there because you know it's intense when you're in the in the environment in the dressing room you're competing against one another you know everyone wants their everyone has an ego so everyone wants to do well for themselves but the ultimate goal is to do well as a team because that's where that's what you know the ultimate 
things to, to achieve is to win as a team. All right, Lance, I'm going to ask you a question and you've you got to be honest, yeah? You know when you walked in, did you walk in with your Premier League medal around your neck? Tell the truth. <laughs> no. Tell the truth. Did you walk not in? Not like, <laughs> like, people, I'm just... <laughs> You know, I'm, you know, probably I was consciously maybe a little bit kind of worried about that. So it was, I was probably. Why? Tell me, tell me, why, why, why was you, why was you worried about? I probably just don't feel comfortable. I, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't know. Just, I'm always conscious about speaking about Liverpool, speaking about winning the trophies, my past, speaking about Jurgen, but. When asked about it, of course I'm going to speak about them and speak about my memories and my experiences there and how much I loved it. And maybe I speak too much when I get asked, but yeah, you know, a lot of the lads are interested. Like we've we've got a German Pascal Cross who's a top top player and football fanatic, and he loves asking me about Jurgen and and what he does here, what he does there and how the team played and this, that. And we're like football geeks. We could, we, could, we talk for hours. <laughs> and this, um, if he sits next to me in the dressing room, you know, we, we speak about the games every night and for how did Liverpool do last night? And just, just constantly, we just love football at the end of the day. It's not just Liverpool, but we speak about Bayern because he's a massive Bayern fan and obviously German football. So no, the, the lads have been, to be fair, they've been absolutely great with me and, and made me feel um, at home probably from day one. I imagine, um, and if this is incorrect, don't tell me what the truth was because I prefer this. <laughs> but like when the, when the clubs were coming in for you and, and you were looking at this move and then Brighton came up and you were like, of all the places that I could live, Brighton's it's going to be all right there, isn't it? It's going to be quite decent. And I imagine your family as well were probably like, do you know what, Adam? Yeah, just why don't you just go to Brighton? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, I know we might come onto this later, but I, I knew before last Christmas that I was going to leave Liverpool. The media didn't know, but I knew, and me and my family knew. And then it was get it got to kind of February March time, and we've obviously gone into lockdown. The first first lockdown happened, and although it was. You know the pandemic was was terrible. It was it was great to spend so much time at home with family. I'm sure a lot of people had the same experiences. And yeah. um, but the uncertainty of not knowing where I was going to go next year was just constantly on my mind. Because us footballers, you know, we like routine. We get told where to be, what time we're training, what time we're playing, almost when we're eating, what we're eating. So so kind of not knowing was you know annoying I just wanted to know I was speaking to my agent and, and he's there's nothing you know we don't know what clubs are going to be in the Premier League next season and yeah. this don't know whether financial financially we don't know what it's, what it's going to do to the footballing market but I want I wanted to know where I was going as soon as the season finished I didn't want to kind of play the waiting game and be like do you know what if I wait then I might have five or six or seven offers come you know halfway through pre-season I wanted to walk into my new club July 1 or first day of pre-season to give myself the best chance of settling. And, you know, if you've got offers from clubs by then, then, then they want you so you feel valued. And the minute Brighton stayed up, I remember they got back-to-back wins, I think, post-lockdown against Norwich and Arsenal. I, I just knew. I knew that I went, and that's my club. I just knew. Mm. And um, 
I met Graham Potter for the first time on their last game of the season after they beat Burnley. I think I drove down for my medical two days later. What What was it about Graham? Because um, he is he's interesting, isn't he? And and the way that he looks at football and uh, his approach to games. What What makes him different? What did you like about him? He looks like a teacher as well, eh? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> I won't, I won't even know? front Lalonde. No, do, do you know what? Do you, do you know what? It was Dan Ashworth that I had a relationship from, with, from from Brighton, from my England days. So that was where it started. And I've got huge respect for Dan. He was brilliant with not just me, but with Jordan, with everyone in the England set when I was there. He was very impressive. Um, just left a mark on me, I suppose, the way he spoke to to me and and everything that he, that he dealt with. So uh, when I knew Brighton were interested through him, obviously set the uh, the meeting up with Graham. We spoke for for an hour, um, but but I kind of already made my mind up before I met Graham because obviously I watched Brighton and just you just get that feel. It's, it's hard to explain. Just got the feel. I just I just the football they played. Just the element of there was like a naivety about Brighton when I watched them play last season. I thought oh, I, I can, I feel I can really help them with, with my not just footballing ability, but with my experience. Love the way they play football. Love the thought of working with Graham and his ideas. And since I've been there, he thinks about football completely differently to to me, to you, to Jurgen, to. My previous managers, he's he's just such a thinker outside the box, and it's absolutely fascinating. And it, I'm, you know, I'm loving it. I'm learning every day off him. You know, Bruno. Can you have banter with him? First team. Yeah, of course, of course, you can have banter yeah. with him. Yeah. No, just no, no. I'll just. No, you know, Adam, just, always does this. <laughs> like, I, I always how, ask that question. With my, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing how you've got that perception of him, but. He's, I'd say he's a bit different to that. Do you know what I mean? He, he def, he's definitely, you know, he's very humble, very, very modest, cares a lot about um, everyone's well-being. He you know, seems methodical. He does. He does. Very, he, very, he seems, very methodical. Yeah. He says a big very boy word. You see that a lot, I learned hey, that I last like week. I was going to say, you know what? You know what intrigued me the most as what you said in about. Um, you know, you just wanted to know. So you, uh, you're not being funny for me. And LW said this. I think you're part of the elite in midfield. I, I watch you, and I'm like, yo, Milan's a baller. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were saying about, and I agree with you as footballers, we're all about routine. You know, we, we that's what we are. We're creatures of habit. Um, and for you to say you know what, you wasn't even about this waiting game. You wanted to know mm. what you wanted to do and you wanted to hit it. It wasn't like mm. you was saying, like, you know what, I could get a, a, a top four club or whatever, just the way. It, it, it's intriguing to me that you was on this, nah, man, I, I want to know and I'm going to get in. It don't matter what it, not don't matter, you know what I mean? Um, but it was just intriguing, no, the yeah, thought was, process in that, you know what I mean? I didn't, you know, I didn't need to be playing for a top four team. I didn't need to be playing for a team that was glamorous. I didn't, it wasn't about that. It was more about the project and how it felt. And Brighton just felt, it just felt perfect. The minute I knew they stayed up, I just knew that that was me. It was, it was perfect. And um, 
it's proven so far it was the right decision. I, I wasn't scared of facing a relegation battle because I kind of think I thought beyond that. My thoughts were beyond that. Okay, we've been in relegation and we are in a relegation battle this season, but there has been progress made. And you know, the manager says said to me countless times, like if you were here last year, the amount of strides we've made compared to last year. You know, and I don't even I, I hear that from Jason Steele, who lives below me in in the flat in Brighton. You know, if we were here last year, you'd see the strides we've made, the level of training, the how we've been performing. Uh, on the weekend, to hear that that's that's po- that's positive, and um, you know you don't you don't like saying it that we should have more points. Um, it's cliche, isn't it? But we you know we need to keep improving them small margins, and and then I think we will be able to get more points and, and look up the table. But you are to, to say it's cliche. I know what you're saying, but but you are that team that people look at and go because I've covered a couple of your games and. It's it is right that the performance doesn't always match the results, and you can see how frustrating it is, and and how close you come as well. Not, not and, always, but it's happened hmm. too many times. Yeah. It. So what does that mean then? If if it's if it gets to that point, it, it just means that we all need to do better. I think we all need to keep striving to improve. Don't look for excuses. Just work harder on the training pitch and trust the process, and and it will come. And I think. One of the hardest things about our performances is that, you know, when the results haven't been coming, we've kind of been trying to keep the mentality of keep performing at the same level because Mm. to keep performing at that level in the Premiership when you're coming against top teams is difficult. So it was almost like, don't try, let's not try extra, extra hard. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And the percentages will say that we'll pick up results, we'll pick up points, we will score goals because we're getting into good areas. We just need to be that bit more ruthless, you know, with each other, with our standards, and it will come. And um, I feel that's happening. See, I think that's the hardest thing um, is trusting the process. I think that's the most powerful you've thing you've said in that. Um, as players, it's trusting the process. It's everybody being on the same hymn sheet and, you know what I'm saying? It is football's an ego sport. Football can be very individualised. But the hardest thing is to get everybody on that collective goal. So mm. exactly, don't even try and go to the extremes. Continue at that level. And over the course of a season, if you trust in the process, you will get there. And that's what, to be fair, I, 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 I get it. I, we always look at, I like Brighton. Because Dave Stockdale, David Stockdale, he said yeah. he's a Brighton legend. You know what I'm saying? He told me to say that too. He said, he said, welcome to Brighton, by the way. Um, but um, so he says it. He says it. So of course I've got a little soft spot for Brighton, and it's just you watch them play and all the football, and the hardest thing is to put the ball in the back in the net. That's, you know, we all we know that getting goal scorers. But yeah, I like the way Brighton plays, even with the school teacher manager. Um, I like, I like. <laughs> I like the way Brian plays, but what you said for me, I, I get it. Trusting the process, and at the end of the day, you will be where you're meant to be. For, for sure, and 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 the, you know, the hardest thing is when you want to. It's a result-driven business, isn't it? So at times you haven't got the backing of the, of the chairman or whatever to to trust the process. And I think with Graham and with with the owner, he, he's got that backing, so he's got the time. He's he's had the time, and I think in the long run that that will uh, that will prove that it's been the right decision because I'm very confident over the course of the next year, two years, you will see the, the progress and, and Brighton continue to improve. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? So you signed in lockdown, right? 
Well, just after. Yeah, so you haven't played in front of the fans? I think there was, we've had a few fans in. Answer me, how has it been to make your transition from Liverpool to Brighton without fans, with that little, and has it made it hard or easier? Because you're an entertainer, like, you know what I'm saying? You get the fans off their feet the way you play. So them not being fans, how's that transition been for you, being a new club and not having that energy? Yeah, of course you miss the energy. You miss the the adrenaline it gives you. You know, I don't think the games are played at the same tempo, at the same pace as as what they were when when there were fans. But it's almost the new normal now. You know, we went through a, a transition where it was weird for everyone to play against no fans. Now it's normal, and we're going to have to transition into playing with fans again, hopefully next year or as soon as possible. But now you're right. It's it was strange, you know, not being able to kind of say goodbye to to the fans at Anfield and celebrate the Premier League. How it should have been celebrated was, you know, it wasn't great, but we made the best out of it, and that's all all I could have done or we could have done really. We we made the best out of it, and since I've been at Brighton, I've I've tried to just make the best out of settling into a new team without kind of feeling the, the emotions and the passions of the fans that, that are there on on match days but I'm pretty sure that that will happen really quickly once once they're back in it, it, you know it will just be just a matter of time before we're, we're allowed to have fans back at at these events and it'll be like they, they, they never never left Do you think the game will, will change in different ways because I think we've seen a few kind of differences we've seen some really weird results haven't we and like just mad things that are happening and, and people kind of just taking a few more risks maybe do you think that there'll be a period of transition back oh, for sure it's definitely easier to play away from home you've seen the weird results you know they're not the noises you know I went to Anfield and won with Brighton this this year and Let's let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Come on, let's not. Talk it was just. That's not, it, that's not a weird result, there. Good. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, W, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's just different. It's just different, isn't it? It's mm. going away from home at the moment, and there not being any fans there to put you under pressure, or for them to act as the twelfth man for the home team. So it's definitely influencing results. Mm. Um, but the sooner the fans are allowed back in, the better, because it's it's what the game's about, isn't it? Performing in front of front of people that's what what we're there to do this weekend is going to be quite important because you've got Everton coming up and also Burnley are playing Newcastle and they are above and below you just above yeah. the relegation zone so so you guys must be looking at this weekend thinking this this could be massive yeah I think so I think I was speaking to someone a couple of weeks ago and this was bef- this was when we were kind of so we just lost to United, but before that we had, we were back to back wins, and this was before mm. the Southampton game. They were kind of building up to be a, a big, big game, which it was. But because we've been playing so well, I don't think we've really felt the pressure as much as you probably would normally. I've been in a relegation fight before with Southampton years ago when we, when we first came up, and because we're playing so well, I just don't feel that pressure. I think the time to really worry is when you're not playing well and you're down the bottom and, and you just don't know when that result's coming from or that goal. But because we've been playing well, it, it's never really felt 
that we're right in it. I've always had that bit of confidence that we keep doing what we're doing. We're going to get, we're going to put a, run the results together, which we did uh, against Southampton, Newcastle, but you know, lost against United, and now obviously looking at the next game, especially if results don't go away this weekend, then it's, it's a lot riding on it again. All right, so tell me, as a, as a former Liverpool man, you score. It, it means a little bit, like a little bit more, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, yeah. So, yeah, being a being an ex Red and the rivalry is big, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, there'll be a little bit more riding on it. Ah, blessings, blessings. I'm I'm going to ask this question because I know Bio won't ask it. Um, we're going to talk about Liverpool a little bit because um, you, I mean it's it must still be big for you. You know the, all this love that you have for them and and the players as well. And you must be looking at them at the moment and feeling like wow, what what's happened this season? As long with along with everybody else, the injuries are one thing, aren't they? But mm. do you, do you speak to Jordan? How are they all getting on? Yeah, I, I speak to I speak to a lot of them. I speak to Jordan. I speak to James, James Milner, Robbo. You know, I'm really good friends with the press officer Matt McCann. We 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 speak we speak a lot, and it has it has been a tough season. Um, you know, a tough result midweek in Madrid, but they're still not out of it at the moment. So if they can find a massive performance in the week, it will kind of give them a bounce for the rest of the season. They'll obviously want to get that top four spot, but I think it has just been a flat season in so many ways, and they won't use the excuses. Are obviously, there that they won't use the excuses because I know what Jurgen's like, I know what the lads are like. You can't use excuses at this level. They'll just deal with what's in front of them and and do their best to, to turn it around. It's, it's as simple as that. That's all we can do. You know when. You, you learn your most in football when you're kind of at your most vulnerable and, and when you're in the thick of disappointment. So they'll be kind of backs against the walls. They'll be all together trying to, you know, fight against you know, all the outside noise that's going on. They'll just be kind of together and trying their best to, to, to find a result, uh, a big result against Madrid next week. I mean, you know what it's, it's like as well, but, you know, when you're in a relegation battle and people are there's so much noise it just makes you come closer together yeah yeah and just to fight that much against everything so look, I'm gonna I'll touch on the Liverpool thing in it just because it for me I think it's massive in it in the sense of when you went there you know Brendan Rodgers brought you there um I think he got sacked a year later is that you yeah. know yeah okay so how was your take so you've gone from Southampton um to a massive club Liverpool, Brendan Rodgers takes you there, then the manager gets sacked. So are you then, not nervous, but are you like, okay, I've got to start again because Jurgen Klopp's coming. Um, just talk me through that process from the beginning, the middle, and then, listen, we kind of know the end, but just talk to me through that process. Well, look, my first year at Liverpool was really tough looking back. Um, we lost Louis Suarez, the sold Louis Suarez, uh, Sturridge wasn't fit for much of my first season and we had seven or eight new faces uh, myself being one of them Ricky Lambert Balotelli uh, Emery Khan Markovic Moreno the left back uh, so there were so many new faces and the expectations were to win the league because they just come up short of winning the league against City and, and we were miles away from winning the league that year just as I said seven new faces that and it was just such a tough 
tough year. I, I can't you know can't put my finger on it. It was just really really tough. I found it difficult to settle. Wasn't playing very well. Trying too hard, um, which is a normal trait for for me when you know I want to do well when I'm going somewhere new. So yeah, it, it was difficult, and I'm pretty sure Brendan will will say the same thing that that that, that year that year was very tough. Um, and unfortunately, Brendan Brendan left, and Jurgen come in and properly kind of stripped it back. You know, I remember him coming in and having his first meeting, kind of getting. I think he got everyone that worked at Melwood staff to kind of walk in front of us um, in front of the players that were sat there and kind of was like these are the people you're playing for like as of as of the next game these are the people and like, all the stuff kind of walked through and he just done things that he done things differently um, and that was obviously the beginning of his his way the, the transition and probably took three, three and a half years before he got his players in. Each summer, he added a couple, you know, made two steps forward, then we'd make a step backwards. And that was the case for two and a half, three years. And then obviously it all gelled and come together and had the two years of proper success. Was he instantly liked by everyone? Like the staff, obviously, that's quite a nice touch, isn't it? So I imagine he won them over quite quickly. Yeah. What was yeah. the player's reaction? He was just very, he was very clever. Just, just little things like when it's someone's birthday, we all get into a huddle before training and we all sing them happy birthday in in every different in every different so language. Nice. Oh um, wow, really? So he kind of goes around seeing what nationalities there, and you you're singing away in you know French, Portuguese, English, <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's wicked. I think that's wicked. It, oh. That is. So when you signed, you signed with, and um, look, we'll touch on the whole Southampton affiliation with Liverpool in a bit. But yeah. so you signed with, definitely signed with you and Lambo signed. So Lambert signed, yeah. and so you played with him. And even though you said you was going for a tough time, did it make it slightly easier that you had known these faces? So you know, it's, even though Liverpool, the institution, how big it was it was easier because you've touched on not knowing anybody at Brighton. And even though you've learned and you've, you've gained more experience to be able to move into the Brighton, was it easier or not? It was easier settling at Brighton than it was settling at Liverpool. Even though you had played with the man them, yeah? So the difference between Brighton and Liverpool, obviously there's, it's the intensity of, it's 24-7 at Liverpool. Like twenty four seven intensity. Like since Jurgen was there, he changed the times of training, so it would kind of mirror when you'd play. So if kickoffs at three o'clock, then they'd be you'd be training leading in at three o'clock. If it was at seven o'clock in the evening, a game or seven forty five, the latest I think you could go is five o'clock. But it was just so intense, like it just felt like every day of your life was dedicated to Liverpool Football Club. And that's how it should be. That's why you're at that level. That's why we went on to win Premier League. We won a Champions League. The sacrifice is there. It's real. Um, you are sacrificing your life. And and that, that comes with pressure. And you know, under pressure, sometimes you don't perform and it's more difficult to settle. And 
it was it, you know, it was a year worth of transition for me where I was like, wow, this is this is different. This is different to Southampton where you know we play one game a week, we're just training. You know, there's not as many fans. That it's it's nicey nicey. <laughs> Bang to Liverpool. Wow, like it's different. It's different, and it took took me time to adjust and. It did take me time to to adapt and uh, and make make that transition, and kind of realise how intense it was. Probably had to become a bit more professional, do things differently, train harder, just to improve to get to that level. Is there ever a state of rebellion in your mind, or are you super professional all the time? Because that's where it comes across, Alana. You seem bare professional, yeah. like <laughs> like you wouldn't come in late, and I'll be like, "Hey, Lalance, man, let's go here." You're like, "Nah, B, we can't." <laughs> you know, I think the older I've got, the more professional I've become. It's crazy, um, so, so when I'm kind of like getting angry at a 21 year old for being late or for showing bad body language, <laughs> not angry at him, but just trying to educate him and say, "Listen, yeah. you can get better by by not giving off that energy by yeah, being yeah. on time." Sometimes I have to kind of check myself and be like, mm, 21, what was I doing? I might have been out during the week with a midweek game. But then I'm not sure when I was that age, I kind of had them experienced guys, their mentors around that were saying exactly. to me, they yeah, were educating yeah. Yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. When I was 20, 21, we're at Southampton or maybe in League One and there was a bit more of a culture where it was a bit more team bonding. If you had a win, you'd be out on Sunday celebrating or just <laughs> things evolved, you know what I mean? But as soon as I got to Liverpool, it was like, no, this doesn't happen. This, this can't happen. Tuesday night we're playing Champions League or it just can't happen. And like you said it there, um, you become more professional the older you get. It's, it's kind of kind of what happens really to the, to the majority yeah. of people, I think. The wiser we become, the more experienced we become. And I take a lot of pleasure out of trying to educate the younger players trying to make sure they don't waste a second a moment of their career to improve because it goes so quickly you know, I've done my research earlier 38 big man still still cracking <laughs> uh, on hey uh, no, out of that eh? It's hard, but hey. my knees are telling me. I keep saying, if I didn't have five kids, I would have retired time ago. Jeez, I swear to you. But yeah, do you know when you say that, it's mad because I get such the same sort of satisfaction. Like the one of the strikers we've got, he's 20, so I'm almost, I'm almost double his age. So, But the satisfaction I get out of talking to him and saying, look, my life won't change if you don't take this in, but I want you to succeed. Mm. So mm. don't do, don't go down the paths that I went. And it's crazy. I'm, I'll say I'm sitting on a bike at 38 doing 45 minutes on a bike. And I'm thinking, B, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like you can take, but I know I need to put that in for when I want to yeah. get out there on a Saturday. So yeah. I get it. I, 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 I totally get that. You do get wiser than the older you get. Um, but yeah, man, it's a mazzoline, man. So Mazzoline. <laughs> let let me ask you about some of these experiences that you've had at Liverpool. Um, so not I, I don't want to kind of draw back to the bad experiences, but we'll talk about the 2018 Champions League final because obviously it was yeah. a, a rerun against it in the week last. Uh, well, yeah. what was it Wednesday night? Some Tuesday night. So Mo Salah gets injured and, and mm. goes down. What were your thoughts when when that was happening? Oh, do you know what? Like, look look at looking back now. Like I was petrified because 
maybe petrified is a bit of a strong word, but looking back, I feel like I'm in a position now where I can maybe say that. Mm. I had a terrible year. That was my first year where it kind of was one injury after another. And I just couldn't find any sort of rhythm in terms of being on the pitch. So I'd just come back from a big, big hamstring injury. I think I played 15 minutes of the last game of the season. And I just had no rhythm, no form. So when I went on, I remember we so we'd lost the Champions League final. And I remember kind of after it finished, just being happy I got through the game. Like not happy, relieved. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Just I know being you re- relieved, I got through the game. Um, I had no thought. I couldn't get near anyone. I couldn't get near Modric. I couldn't. I, I couldn't get near no one. I, I was just running around like it felt like a rabbit in a headlight, and that that's a horror. It's a horrible feeling like that when you're a footballer. But you know, the manager had no choice but to bring me on. That's where Liverpool were at that time. As I said, I had no form, no rhythm. I, I had nothing. I don't know how I kind of got there. And you know, the worst thing happens: Mo goes down after twenty-five minutes or whatever it is, and I'm the only one really that the manager can bring bring on. So yeah, look at looking back at that, it's it's crazy to 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 think that. But you, you know, I'm never going to say don't don't bring me on or whatever. You, as footballers, you just you, of course you get nerves and you just act and you just play so after you'd got through it after you yeah. had lost it lost it the emotion wasn't there a sense of shit man oh pardon my language um, <laughs> <laughs> I played in the Champions League final like you, you you know when you just when you deed the whole situation and was like okay raw like assigned to play in these games and the first thought was literally just getting through the game. Like, literally just, yeah. it wasn't even about a step over, but wasn't about assist. It was literally, if I can get through mm. the remainder of the game, then individually, that's an achievement. And then as the weeks went on, didn't you just, wow, oh, man, I played a Champions League final. To not, of course, next next season, you're going to win it. But wasn't it, did, weren't that feeling no, coming to play? I, no, I didn't ever have that feeling because, like, I knew that, I didn't feel like I'd let myself down when I came on and how like I performed because if you play football, the worst thing is coming on after 20, 25 minutes. Like, to come on into a game, like especially of that magnitude and especially I had no, I had no minutes. I had no minutes. I, so I, I had nothing. I, I remember just running round and I was like late into tackles. I was absolutely blowing, couldn't catch my breath. So just yeah, I didn't ever think. Oh, I've just played in the chat. I just remember thinking, like, thank God I didn't make like a mistake leading to a, a goal, or like I didn't. Yeah. Like obviously, we know what happened. Like Carrius made a mistake, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. But um, we were and we were in that game as well. I remember we we scored to make it one all, and I remember thinking, for the next five minutes, we've we've got these. Like for five minutes, the fans got up. I was like, "We've got this," and I almost like was riding the wave at that time because I'm, I'm there on the pitch, and, and we've got got a goal back, and you've got the momentum, and then, you know, Bell flipped done the overhead kick, and it just like, it was a like the years. the balloon had just popped. It was like, <laughs> wow, wow. I've got to ask because because that Lois Carrius moment or the two moments were were must have been so difficult I know they're difficult for the fan base to take but for you guys that were involved in it and also for him afterwards 
how do you, you know, did you, did you speak to him? Did you try and console him? Did he, did he want to be consoled? Did he apologize? How difficult was that? Of course, you, you want to console him and you want to help him as much, as much as possible. Mistakes are the only thing in football that, that are guaranteed to happen in matches, you know, yeah. mistakes. So, and it's just about how you react from them. And unfortunately for goalkeepers, you know, the littlest or biggest of mistakes can have catastrophic results. Um, whereas us footballers, outfield footballers, we make a mistake, we get the ball away and we can go win it back like, straight away. Whereas keepers kind of just picking a ball out of the back of the net. Um, so, of course, felt absolutely, absolutely terrible for him. And, you know, just wanted him to try and bounce back as as, as quickly as, as, as he could. And I, I remember him coming back for his first game at Anfield in pre-season after. And I remember him coming off or on, I can't remember, when Alisson had signed and the fans gave him a great, great reception. We were brilliant with him. And, you know, that, that sums up the, the Anfield fans there, I think. And, you know, it's not it's not worked out for him since at, uh, at Liverpool. But, you know, he, he, was, he was a good lad and gave his best. And that's all you can ask for, really. All right, so let me ask you. So, you know, the, when you got to the Champions League final the year after, like, you know, yeah. as players, sometimes you just kind of know. Like, you yeah. know, you just like, when we got, I remember when we got to the playoff final, this year, even when we were, played against Oxford, we just knew. Mm. Like, as a team, we was like, nah, man, I'm telling you, it's written mm. in the stars, man. Everything's going to align. We're going to win. Did you not have that feeling because of yeah. what happened last year? And you know what I'm saying? You had that feeling. We had that feeling, yeah. We had that feeling. We, I mean, Barcelona at, at home just doesn't happen. It just doesn't Amazing, happen. my <laughs> brother. Jeez. <laughs> Even how we performed away, it was 3-0 to them, but we performed well away from home. Because oh, I was injured. I remember watching it. I think it's never a three nil game. That if we can just get one goal, and I remember listening to Jurgen in his pre match meeting before the return leg, and he just kind of said, "Just get one goal, and and Anfield will do the rest." And that literally is what happened. Um, it was it was crazy. It was mad, absolutely. And then once that happened, we got to the final. It was it was meant to be. We didn't play very well against Spurs in the final. I remember being on the bench and thinking. Oh, we're not playing like the lads are a little bit edgy here, understandably so, because we didn't win the league that year. We had 97 points. It was almost like, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Scoring after two minutes, you know, what effect that can have in a game, having played it just, you almost start in a game, you're winning 1 0. So, how do you approach it? Um, so, it was that kind of game. And obviously, a huge commiserations to, to Pochettino, who's a former, former manager of mine, but it was. It was just meant to be, and it was our time. It was our time. It was the lads' time. They deserved it. Jurgen deserved it. And just to be part of that, be part of that team, to contribute that and be on that journey is is something I'm immensely proud of. And, you know, no one can take take that away from me. Whether I played in it or not, it, it doesn't matter. I was kind of part of that team. And that, that will live with me forever. There were just, that week in football was crazy. I remember, because it was Spurs-Ajax as well, wasn't it? Mm. At least like that, those stages, and then you go, you guys with Barcelona, and I'm sure Vincent Company that goal for for City was in the same week, wasn't it? Against or, Leicester, or at least it was, wasn't it? Don't Maybe, shoot yeah. me. I'm <laughs> sure it was all around the same time because I remember I going. Know, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that, that one was. 
Arsenal, I'm an Arsenal fan. I know there's something that they went through to this final of the Europa League, I'm sure. There was just this week in football that I was just like, what? There was so much going on, so many of these incredible results and just like massive moments that I just, it was just amazing. Like it was just such a, it was such a time, I think, for for all those fans to be involved at that point, even after everything that happened. I'm sure Vinny was in the same week. Anyway, whatever, it, does, it doesn't really matter. But that that in particular, that game, and all of those little things that happened in that game, I know what you mean when you, you almost kind of, it, it, felt, it felt like you guys had some sort of a momentum with you that just, mm. just lifted you through. And then obviously the following season, to go on and do that in the Premier League as well. Mm. Did you as a team and did Jürgen as a, as a manager sort of say to you, well, you've learnt from losing the Champions League, you've gone back the next season and done it. You've learnt from being pipped in the Premier League and now we're going to go back and, and do it again. How does he talk to you at the beginning of that season? I think, I don't, uh, it was at that, uh, we had a group that was, it was like no other group. Jürgen didn't even, he didn't even have to say that to us. Mm. We just kind of knew ourselves like, we just knew ourselves. We had that mentality. We had that core group where it was just men everywhere. You look left, there was a man right up top, back, down the spine. It was just men. There was leaders everywhere. And um, that's how we performed that season. We won ugly. We won 5-0, 6-0. We won last minute. We'd score early and shut up shop. It was, we were just ruthless. You know, we'd make changes, we'd still win. I remember him making like six or seven changes for the Merseyside derby at home and we won 5-2. And I played in that game and it was just, if, to make that many changes in the Merseyside derby and to win that 5-2, it was just, you know, he just felt there was something, it was something going on. It was uh, momentum that was just spread throughout the whole squad. Yeah, and it was great, great to be involved in and be part of. You know, like, because I don't play football, so I have no idea, but do, does everything change when you win something, you become a winner? It must do. It must do. It. James Milner speaks about it at Man City. When they won the first one, he says the first one was the hardest one, the first trophy. There's just something. I don't know what that something is. It must be psychological and it must just switch something. So it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is, but there is definitely something. It's like a justification when you kind of win something as a mm. band of brothers, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Like For sure, yeah. It's just like, you know what? Yeah, what we believed. Mm. And when you say it, and of course, as I think similar, way, 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 way down in the sense of the Wickham changing room, I think you see that. So you, when you mm. say you don't have to say, or Jürgen didn't have to say nothing, I felt watching that Liverpool team, especially the second season, that season where they won it, it was like robots in the sense mm. where everybody was for everybody. And that is such a powerful thing, which I'll keep, I'll come back and say it. Football is a selfish sport. It's, it's individualised. It is because at the end of the day, you got to feed your family. So, you know, sometimes it's an individual sport, but when you can get a squad from top to bottom, that is for one common goal. And that's mm. where you say making seven changes for the Merseyside derby and blowing mm. Everton. I should have told Calvin Lewin that. Blowing <laughs> Everton out the water like that. And this is what I'm saying. It was just, it's a powerful thing when you say to get everybody on the same hymn sheet. It's it's a beautiful thing when you can get it. You, you've hit the nail on the head there. When, when you've got players going onto the pitch, 
caring about other people's performances and not themselves. Yeah. But you've got six, seven, eight players doing that. That's when you've got, that's the formula. And that's so yeah. hard to build and to get. It's time plus, you know, hours of work and working together, you know, that band of brothers, you know, when you're suffering together and you come through it. So that, that's what it is. We had like seven, eight players, you know, Hendo was going onto the pitch in, in them games, caring about three or four other people's performances, not his own. And that's just so selfless and that's so powerful. And that's, that's like maybe that confidence that you just bottle up. If you could go and pay for confidence, go and buy it at a shop. I mean, you lot would have sold it that year. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you can't put a price on it, can you? And, and when you've got that, you've just you need to just use it while you've got it because you know yeah. it's not going to last forever. I mean, yeah, look at yeah, 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 yeah. look at Liverpool now. They what they do maybe for that just a little bit of that confidence that they had in that season. It's you know we're always chasing it, confidence. Even by the way you speak, like you you speak like you. You've always had this self-assurance, even though, like you said, you're like, listen, I, I, I say this, it's been intimidating at some times, it's been daunting, but you've had setbacks, you know, both collectively with teams and personal. Where is the sense of that inner strength? Has it always been there, you know, to, to come back and continue to draw on that, that inner, has that always been there with you? No, I've, I've, I've doubted myself so many times. Um... You know, I'm sure will continue to at times in in, in the past, but my, my kind of go-to is just give my best, do my best. Like, am I do? Can I look at myself in the mirror and say, am am I giving my best? Can I do a bit more? What can I do a bit differently to get better? And I, I think I just try to always look at it at, at that angle, and then hopefully I, I am. But but to always ask myself, can can I do more? Can I improve? That's just where I feel most comfortable. How do you deal with negativity? How do you deal with that negativity coming your way? So like you said, you know, you said, listen, I struggled first season and mm. and have you have you had uh, them coming at you? You know what I'm saying? And if you have, how do you deal with that? You know, it's so, are you on social media and all them things? Yeah, I'm on so Yeah, I've, listen, I've, I learned years ago to only kind of read the press when things are going well. Yeah, yeah. or I perceive things are going well because there's just no point when they're not. When they're not, it's like, I know I'm going to be getting criticised for my performances. Um, so, so kind of what's the point? And when, I'm, when things are going bad, who do I want around me? I want my teammates around me. I want my family around me, my close group of friends, just my people around me that are going to suffer with me that are going to help me, that are going to fight with me. And that's that's my teammates. What I learned very quickly at Liverpool was even if you're not playing well, things aren't going well, if you're working hard and you're giving your best, the fans will stick with you. Mm-hmm. And someone said that to me early on, in my, early on in my Liverpool career. I remember I was probably trying too hard. I was probably running too much, probably trying to be here, there and everywhere. But because of that, I felt the fans kind of stayed with me that season because they saw that workmanship. Mm-hmm. They saw I was giving my best, trying to do my best for the team. And that maybe brought me a bit more time. And then 
when Jürgen seen that in me, in training, in games, he liked it. And he obviously saw that I could technically play as well. And as soon as I kind of felt settled, felt didn't need to worry about working hard, just, you know what it's like when you're a bit confident, yeah, kind of things, your goal goes in this, then you're free, the shackles are off and, and then that's when Liverpool kind of saw... The baller, baller. We saw the baller, baller. We saw, we saw. <laughs> Tell us what it was like, Adam, when you did it, when you when you won the league and what that was like to be involved with because the, the old 30-year wait is a long time, isn't it, for the fans. And then to be able to do it, it must have been bittersweet in a way because, like you said earlier on, the celebrations were a little bit different. But still, like, in that run-up, when you, you must have, as a team, kind of gone, oh, it's going to happen now. We know it is. That's the thing. We never let ourselves say that it was going to happen. And is that the truth? Is that, that the is truth? The, that the <laughs> no, no, because you know the reason the why I want to say that. Honest truth. Because no as players, we always come out and say, but there's times like we, even in the run up to the playoffs, we're like when we got to the playoff the playoffs, we was like, listen, man, we're getting promoted in a way where not that we that it was an arrogance, it was just the stars aligned, didn't it? So when I'm when I'm, I'm asking you lot, when you was 20 points clear, you yeah. was looking at us like, oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, yeah, tell you what maybe back at home or like, you know, if my dad and my mum, my sister would come up or, ah, oh, you, you're going to, you're going to, maybe then they'd speak about yeah. it. I wouldn't. But when we got into, yeah. into Melwood at the time, it was like, no, it was just an unwritten rule. It wasn't even, we didn't even speak about it being a thing. <laughs> it, yeah, I know, just, I know you like, People were probably too scared to speak about it. Don't jinx you know what it. I mean? yeah. Don't jinx it because, but we didn't even speak about jinxing it. <laughs> it's bad to even think you know, about it. Like, me, me and Hendo would drive in every day or back. Every, most days that like, we wouldn't even speak about it it would just be like we'd speak about other things it just wasn't just wasn't spoken about um, so I don't know when we actually started speaking about it maybe before obviously the Chelsea play you you must have in that in that dressing room with all of those that you talked about earlier on having like six different leaders on the pitch at once and you just had this like incredible mix as well of not just these leaders and these signings that have all bedded in so well but you had so much talent coming through that we see now that we didn't even know then as well players that have pushed their way into the first team um but also Trent Trent just had this incredible season breaking through and 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 just seemed to be joy like blissfully unaware of of pressure of the enormity of what he was involved with is that what he's like yeah that I mean there was like a naivety like we just said there that he was completely unaware of this thing called pressure that <laughs> I think you 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 feel that a bit more later in your career once you've had a couple of dips or disappointments in your career which probably has happened to him for the first time in his, his career this season. There was always going to be a moment in his career where he felt a bit of disappointment. We, we all have it. You know, he's, I remember him making his debut away at Old Trafford. I played, I think, on the right. He played right back. And since ever since that day, his career has just literally just gone in one direction. Champions League lost, then Champions League win, then the Premier League. So... Um, you know, there was always going to be a, a moment in his career where people question him or he's been left out of the squad. But he'll grow through it. He'll be better as a result of it. Just 
knowing him and the elite mentality that he has, he will million percent be better for it. And there's no no question about that, knowing him and having played with him. Um, there's no question about that at all. Do you know what you you know what you get? You know what comes off the screen, in it when you're like, of course, I met Trent. It all of you seem just, and it's crazy to say it because you man are normal guys, in it. But that's what come across. Robbo, Trent, Verge was quiet, relaxed. Gomez, Hendo, yourself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You had the front three that was the they was they saying was the Shinesequa. You know what I'm saying? But superstars away. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. The, they were. The, <laughs> I'll say the Shinesequa because you're all superstars to me. But that's what that's what come off in it. It just came off like you said. You're like raw. We're we're here to do a job, and we're doing it, and we enjoy each other, and. You, you just zoned in on what you was doing and that it is it, it's, it, it was powerful and I think sometimes not, not I never take away from the ability but that connection is as powerful as tactics as the ability and that's what it looked like you had you know what I'm saying of course winning games does breed that but it just seemed like there was no egos if you know what I mean this, yeah. it, was just, it just seemed like no egos you know what I mean I think someone asked this asked me a, a few weeks ago or whatever and it was like kind of what motivates you in, to play football and you know the older I've become you know the easy question is to say oh my my family my my kids but it's my teammates my teammates motivate me to play football and that my teammates are what inspire me and at Liverpool that was the case and now that's the case at Brighton it's like being part of that team a team it's them that inspire me, them running for me, them tackling for me, them blocking a shot in the 90th minute to save a goal, just to be part of that team. That is what, that's what motivates me. And I think it coincides with coming to the end of your career because that's what, it scares me not being involved in football, not being a part of a team. That, because that's what I think I'll miss, miss the most. And you might be able to, to relate to that as, as, as well. You know, the moment when you stop playing and you're not kind of part of that, that team. Because you can get help from your teammates and that's a nice feeling. You know, you're in it together. It's not like you're not it's not like an individual sport where you're on your own and you've got to bail yourself out. And as I said at Liverpool, we had that again in, in abundance. And I feel like at Brighton we're creating that now. I feel we are creating that and that's it's great to be a part of and seeing different stages of it, I suppose. Yeah, I, 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 I so agree with you. And we touched on that. I'm 38. And it is. I I remember coming back from my operation this year and, of course, got into the champ and then just not feeling the same. And mm-hmm. you go on a training pitch and just the energy from the boys who will be like, no, stand still, I'll do that running for you. Like, mm-hmm. you're a long time yeah, retired, yeah. isn't it? And there's no... I don't think you can ever recreate that togetherness that bond especially through trials and tribulations and then success there's nothing you can't mm. to be fair I'd say my body is <laughs> it's been saying for a while to kind of just hang on the boots <laughs> and that. I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie but that, that's what I will miss it will be that you know when you're like and we said it the last game I think a couple corners were coming in and we looked at each other and said we'll do this all day that you can never like I don't care what anybody says when you ain't played that game, that's the thing. That's the thing that is you'll always miss. You can never replicate that buzz, mm. that togetherness. It's mm. powerful. And when you find it, and because you've been in different changing rooms, and then when you find one that, there's all different changing rooms, but when you find one that for, just clicks 
on all levels. It's mm. it's a it's a utopia. It's a mm. it's a feeling that you're just like, yo, this is this is mm. real. Amen. Oh, Agree. Love it. What do you think? Have you got plans for what you will do post football? No, nothing like set in set in stone. You know, I, I feel like I'm kind of finding myself again at the moment. Like I'm loving my football. I feel like I'm playing really well now. I'm settled. I feel like myself. I feel free. I'm not worried about injuries or I'm just playing. And to be, I wanted to kind of prove it to myself that I could kind of get back to that level again. I think off the back of my last few years at Liverpool because I was playing a different role there and it was a role I enjoyed and fell into and circumstances happened, things happened and you know, I wasn't playing as regularly as probably people would like but you know, I loved every moment of it and I, I just kind of wanted to, yeah, I just feel like prove to myself that I can still play week in, week out at the highest level and I kind of wanted to do that before I even think about the next stage of my career because I don't have that space in my head to kind of mm. do both. I wanted just to completely focus on mm. playing football for the next three years and then kind of see see where where, where I'm at after, really. I, I really do enjoy helping players, people. Football is what I know. Spent my whole career doing it. So to step out of that, I think would be pretty, pretty stupid or silly whatever it's, it's, it's what I know and maybe be a coach maybe a manager I, I, re- I really don't know at the moment <laughs> while we're talking about like the youth <laughs> I just want to bring you back to the beginning so started off at Bournemouth scouted for Southampton at 12 and then you signed for yeah. them as well and then you're just part of this like incredible rise at that club through the ranks, through the leagues, from League One to Premier League, mid-table, like it just, like, what was it like being a part of that team with those players? What were the, like the stand-up memories? I remember getting relegated in my first season in the Championship. Um, we had a couple of Dutch managers, and we went, we got relegated. And the club went into administration, and Alan Pardew came in, and we were in League One. 10 points deduction or whatever it was and he was like a proper manager he was a big manager when he when he came to us and that's really when, when it started as the rise you know and me playing in league one a few people would kind of say ah oh, you know you're too good to play in league one blah blah but that was that was the best thing that could have happened to me um kind of taking a step back playing two years in league one year in the championship and I just kind of felt like the club and my progress mirrored each other perfectly like what I just said a couple of years in league one then back-to-back promotions from league one and the championship to the premiership and I was 24 and I had loads of games under my belt a lot of experience from playing in them divisions toughened me up become wiser and it was it was just like I said it was the perfect uh, rise for me I think you was captain, right? I was made captain at 24, yeah, in my first year in the Premiership. Nigel Atkins made me made me captain, yeah. 
so what sort of captain you you don't seem like a ranter and raver like so if i'm not tracking <laughs> if i didn't make the channel so, so, so tell me lala night you're twinkling your toes drop your shoulder and you pull it in the channel for me and i don't go but are you a ranter or a raver? we say big man or are you like uh, oh, next time at 24 i wouldn't have said nothing like, but but now you might be getting a little. Oh, hey, yeah. let... <laughs> um, I was twenty four. I was so naive. There was a niceness of, uh, there was a pleasant naivety about me that I was captain, but I didn't know what what captain material was. I was just being myself. You know, I look at Jack Grealish, who's twenty five at the moment, and he's captain. He's been a captain for a couple of years. He's just being himself, you know, he's Yeah, yeah. And that's enough because he's just being him. People will look up to him, people aspire to him because of how good he is, the the way he plays. And that's that's why it fits, like him being a captain of that club and I think there was an element of that to me at, at Southampton because I'd been there for so many years. You know, I'd come through the ranks and I was playing every week, it just kind of fit and you know, it was a little bit of a weight on my shoulders, and it took again. It took me it took me a year or so to probably adapt because subconsciously I thought I needed to do more on the pitch when I was captain. Whereas mm. you don't need to do any more at all. You just need to be yourself, and that's enough. But I I was trying to do too much, and whether that's didn't mean it to happen, it was just how I felt, and. Um, I, I gradually, you know, learned to deal with it and just kind of ignored it. Really ignored the armband. I swear there was one game. I think like I'm, I, I don't even know, but I swear it was Southampton against Gillingham. I think that was at St Mary's. It must have been. I must have been on the bench. I don't know if you was playing, but I remember Pardew was the manager, and I remember Lambert had a free kick, and I just, I, you know, Lambert had a rocket on his foot, <laughs> yeah. and I remember he had a free kick, and he put it into the wall, and they got the free kick again and I remember Lambs, I think, I don't know if you went to take it off him, but somebody went to take it and Pardew said, like, no, Lambo, take it again. Take it again. <laughs> and he smacked it top in. So I was like, oh. And it, it even seemed like uh, your early days, you know, with Southampton, it's not that you've been lucky, but you've been at clubs which have had a kind of good togetherness. And, mm. you know, like you said, Southampton went on back-to-back promotions mm. and, you know, you had the Lamberts and you had the Marnays and the VVDs and it was just, yeah, they were just churning fortunate. off players. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, yeah, just churning off the players. So go on, talk to me. Very fortunate. In League One, you know, we bought Lambert, we bought Jose Font, who was captain material. I mean, look at him now, about to win the league in Lille and he's 36, I think, um, captain of them. Dean Hammond, captain material, we signed in League One. We had uh, David Connolly, who'd been around, his experience, top player. So we we were very, very, we were blessed with top players. And I think when Nigel Atkins came in, he looked at the squad and thought, bloody hell, just, just need to select the right players here and they'll kind of promote themselves. And that's basically kind of what he'd done. Um, we got to the championship and I remember straight away, played the first couple of games. We won our first four games in the championship that season. And I just remember thinking, this is the same team that got up from League One, but we can get promoted here because we've got that togetherness. We had that yeah. spirit. We had that. We had something. 
and we were dark horses and we you know we went up finished second that year and fully de- fully deserved it and then we found ourselves in 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 the premiership first game away at the the holders man city we were two one up with 15 minutes to go and ended up losing losing three two it was yeah a great rise and just felt that it kind of mirrored my progress so talk to me through the leagues so what did you take from playing at league one playing champ playing in the prem i mean what of course you may say what did you find the most difficult to play in what did you notice changed from when you went out through the leagues talk to me i only got to the champ so i don't know the prem thing do you know what i'm saying so so, yeah. so far Honestly, when when you get to the when you get to the Premier League, it's probably true when you say you've got more time on the ball. Heard that, man. It's the champs to fight. The League Trust One's a fight. It's, you've got a game every three days. You're getting a coach five six hours. It's just explain that to relentless. me though. You've got more time on the ball in the Premier League. Yeah, maybe because maybe you're playing with better players that understand little things about football that get you more time on the ball harder passes just know find different areas in the pitch because there's space awareness like Bruno Fernandes he just always has time on the ball because he just finds areas and stands still and then top players would just give him a 10 yard pass through the line and he's not had to do anything but he's that's it's just it's, so clever it's talent it's quality the likes of Kevin De Bruyne why people want to play with Kevin De Bruyne because he will he will find you yeah that that appreciation of pace of pass and space which you know I think the wider likes of him Bruno Fernandes are you know the the elite are at the top 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 level because they've got everything they understand everything and the timing's such an important thing at the highest level because to play in the Premier League, you've, you're gonna, you've got to be a good footballer. You've got to understand the game, but it's it's the small details that I think that define the the, the truly best in, in the league, and it's them subtleties that you you might not appreciate if you don't understand the game, but when you play with them and you and you see it and you feel it and you're like, oh my. Oh my god! Like playing against Fernandez the other day, he's, he doesn't scare you. Like he's going to take it round you or take it round three or four, but he just finds areas in the pitch, the spaces, and then he just delivers. You give him that sniff, taking it. He's just got the assist, got the right pass with the right weight on it, and you're like, ah. Oh. Is he the best player in the Premier League for you this season? He probably is, but. He, I've said this. Uh, he probably is. Yeah, I think if you look at his stats, look at he plays every game, every minute of every game, relentless. But I think Mason Mount's doing bits this year that I'm like, wow. Ah, I rate that. You <laughs> know, I rate that. Keep it English. <laughs> I like that much. <laughs> yeah, obviously look at the tens. I love the tens. Players that you know, the modern day ten isn't just a ten anymore. They don't just walk about and get the ball. You've got to run and win it back and tackle and press. And, and Mason plays like that. Even Fernandez playing against him the other night, running about to win it back, doing everything. You know you know what I found with the leagues going up? League one, league two, defenders kind of give you back the ball. So, you know, you can 
you, you put it in and defenders will just either kick it off the pitch. What I found mm-hmm. in the champ, especially like the top level of the champ, is they just recycle it and you don't mm-hmm. get the ball back. So that means in the Prem, if you lose the ball, you may not get the ball back for 20 minutes. So <laughs> that, that for me is what I noticed. The, the, the first thing I noticed, you know what I'm saying? Not being funny, I, I think that, you, you listen, you train, so you can get up and down. Strength-wise, that don't really change. The literally is just how they recycle. So you're thinking, oh, he's going to kick it back to me. And he'll just bang it into midfield or give it to the keeper who brings it into midfield. And then all of a sudden, they just recycle. The, that's what I find the level. And that's just the champ. So then, of course, there's a level above that in yeah. the Prem. So I totally get where you're saying about getting more time, playing, mm. with, playing with better players. It is, man. It's just... Better players just, just keep the ball because you ball. may not get it back. Yeah, get your rest with the ball. That's exactly exactly it. Whereas like Champ League One, it'd be more direct, more turnovers, more set pieces, but more physical for for sure. More physical. My type of game. <laughs> your game, big man. Oh, listen, Adam. Thank you so much. No, it was, thank honestly, you. it was brilliant. Really it was so, it. so fun. Uh, yo, P.S. Yo, Hendo said, "Stop telling them lies about he never spoke to you when he first signed." For <laughs> the he said, "He said, stop telling hey, them I lies, man." Hey, I didn't mention that. I yeah, yeah, he did. I, I, to me, but I tried to get I tried to get some stories. He he was, I was saying it. I was trying to get some stories, and he was he weren't giving it up. He said, hey. "Ask what your initiation song was." He said, "I think you sang on the." on a night out or something like that so he was okay in that so I was like, he wasn't giving up the goods uh, but did he genuinely not speak to you nah, when you that, first joined that's, that's a little bit of banter we've got do you know what I mean like when Hendo's take your time and then he drops his guard a little bit and I just give him a bit of banter like it took him three four months to speak to me even though I was playing in England <laughs> with him so, <laughs> 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 so I don't think oh he likes God. it when I say it hence why he's obviously giving the big man the edge up so don't believe that <laughs> he said that he said don't believe that big man don't say it. he's lying I was like, I'm going to tell him I'm going to tell him <laughs> oh right okay uh, Adam right. get yourself off thank you love you right. Lance bless his mother yeah thank you very much see you later see cool. later Bye-bye. Oh, he's brilliant. What a great guy. That was really interesting. I'm going to use my favourite word as well. He's methodical. <laughs> See what I did Methodical. I was like, when? What? what? I know. What lessons have you been doing since hey, I last listen, saw you? I've been away 10 days from you and that sort of thing. And man, just trying to get the knowledge in the brainage. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You get more intelligent when you spend less time with me. That can't be right. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad. I'm, the last seven days, I've been moving like a scholar and I've come back and look, I'm talking like ting and ting. You get me? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right. I hope you uh, enjoyed listening to that at home or in your car or wherever it is that you've listened this week. We appreciate it as ever. Big thanks to Adam Lalana for coming on and, and giving us all those memories and being so honest and deep. Yeah, that was oh, good. I thought that, that was, was good. amazing. I shout out Adam Lalana. I listen, people. We're on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at Super Six. If you are enjoying this as well, just a reminder: hit the like button, and if you haven't already, you can subscribe, and then it all comes automatically into your downloads folder every week. If you really feel like it and you're in a really good mood, then you can give us a five star review if you like as well. That is it for five this week. Stars. Bye.
Fantastic. We will see you again next week. Bye. Thank you very much. Laura, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Peace.